Welcome back to Michigan Crime Stories. I'm Jessica Shepard. You found part two of a four-part series about Mark Latunsky, sometimes referred to as Michigan's cannibal killer, and the death of 25-year-old Kevin Bacon. If you found yourself here without having listened to part one of this four-part series, we suggest you go back and listen to episode one. Before we dive back into this story, I must again warn you that the following episode contains incredibly disturbing content. Please take careful consideration before listening. I was just sitting there with him. Okay. This is the driver's seat, so you can at least talk to him, but don't talk to him about anything. Don't talk to him about anything. Nothing happens down here in Shiawassee. Remember that. Nothing happens here in Shiawassee. Bullshit. Can we get some sort of update for EMS? EMS. Uh, Central, this is most likely a K. Uh, we're going to treat this as a homicide. You got the key? Yes, sir. Mark, I'm Sergeant Verdant, State Police, okay? Do you know what's going on? Do you know why you're in the back of this car? Yes, I know why I'm back in the, in the back of this car. Okay, well, I just want to let you know, I got my detective in route. My detective's probably going to want to talk to you, okay? So That's fine. Okay, all right, I just wanted to let you know. And then once I talk to him, how am I going to get back home? Well, let's let's get stage one first, okay? Let's let's get the detective out here. Absolutely. All and right. then I can explain to him okay. all the things that you guys don't know. Okay. And then I can yeah. come back home. On the night of December 27, 2019, police found 25-year-old Kevin Bacon's naked body hanging from a pulley system in what prosecutors described as a custom kill room in Mark Latunsky's basement. Police made the shocking discovery after online chat logs led them to Latunsky's home. But the shock wouldn't end with the body. Police later learned Latunsky planned to cannibalize Kevin's body and had already removed and eaten his testicles. After discovering Kevin, police immediately handcuffed an eerily calm Latunsky without a fight and placed him in the back of a state police vehicle where he'd remained for nearly five hours before being taken in for further questioning and to be arrested. Latunsky didn't seem to realize he'd committed a crime that would end his freedom for as long as he may live. He seemed more concerned about the safety of his small dog named Athena. I just want to make sure that she doesn't run out so that so nothing happens to her. Okay. I'll let them know right now and then uh sure. so you don't have to worry about her, okay? I'll tell them to lock it in a room. Yeah. Latunsky engages in small talk with a trooper, which seems out of place knowing what lies within his basement. So Christmas was good for you? Hmm. Yeah. It's always good, huh? Well, you know, it's important that people decorate. It mm. takes all of the dreary out of the out of the winters here. You gotta have something to have. I went to Battle Creek, picked up this guy. He had his leg amputated below the knee. Mm. And he was the one who helped me decorate the palm tree. Oh, really? And I sat there and I said, do you decorate? And he says, no. Come over and I'll help me decorate my palm tree. And he came over, I said, you know, just looking at the light makes a difference. It makes a big difference in how you view life. 
Police eventually delivered Latunsky to the station to be questioned by Michigan State Police Detective Sergeant James Moore and Detective Sergeant Josh Dirksey before being lodged in the Shiawassee County Jail to await charges. A nearly three-hour video of the interrogation was released to MLive through a Freedom of Information Act request. In the video, Latunsky is wearing a burgundy sweater, a kilt that exposes his knees and lower legs, and work boots. His hair appears shorter on top, shaved on the sides, with at least one long, beaded braid that rests on his shoulder. He resembles a Viking. His long brown beard extends downward about eight inches from his chin, and he gestures emphatically with his hands at times while answering questions. Things don't get off to a great start, at least for detectives who are there to get answers about Kevin's murder. Latunsky seems to be delusional and often rambles, even when officers try to establish a simple fact. That is not my legal name. Oh, it isn't? No. That is a stolen identity. Mark David Latunsky was last, or at least the last record that I have of Mark David Latunsky was 1972. He was born in 1969. He has black hair. He has brown eyes. And he was born a cripple. As all of the grandchildren of Ignacy Latunsky were born cripples. So, what happened to Mark David Latunsky? I have no idea. Latunsky goes on for minutes explaining a hard-to-follow lineage story that centers on his Norwegian heritage, a huge inheritance, and New York bankers who Latunsky believes are controlling it. Four multi-generational trust funds that would have been set up, who knows when. Things that, that I don't control the conditions of any more than my mother controlled the conditions of them, which is why the people in New York, the families in New York that I've been in touch with here and there all know more details than I do because they know much more. All I know is that I'm sitting here as the only living Thomas of Wales that I've been able to find. Neither investigators nor Latunsky's own defense attorneys ever found any evidence of a huge trust fund in Latunsky's name. Latunsky is an educated man. The former high school valedictorian started college at Central Michigan University and transferred to Iowa State University where he obtained a master's degree in chemistry in 1995. Latunsky told detectives he worked at Flint, Inc. as a chemist after graduating from about 1996 to 2007. The detective initially mistook Flint, Inc. as a tattoo shop but Latunsky corrected him that it was a commercial ink manufacturer. Latunsky said after leaving Flint, Inc., he worked as a chemical quality manager at American Chemical Technologies based in Howell, Michigan, from 2007 until 2019. According to Shiawassee County probate court records, his salary was regularly in excess of $100,000 a year. The stability of his career faltered in February of 2019 when he was fired from American Chemical Technologies, although Latunsky claimed he left because his trust was the one paying him and the paycheck was a ruse, he didn't clarify to detectives the motive for his theory. Latunsky said after he left American Chemical, he tried to work odd construction jobs like drywalling, but it wasn't paying off. And, and so finally, I, you know, using the, the name Vilk uh, I put an ad on, on Rentman, and man, if I can give a massage and somebody's going to pay me, 
that's more honest money than what I was doing at American Chemical. What they were doing was downright disgusting things that nobody should do. And I look at them, you know, if a man's going to pay me to rub him down, fine. So how long have I doing that? Oh, probably the... Well, I started in about April of this year. So like massages? Yeah, just massages. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I'll spend time with you. You know, man can't guarantee sex. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, hey, guess what? I can't sell that because that doesn't, that's not the way the world works. <clears throat> but you want to spend your time with me? Boom. Here's your price. And... And, and I'll have a good time with it, and okay. it will work well. So when you say here's your price, that's how much you would charge? Yeah, $200 an hour, uh, $1,500 a day. And if you look at it and you say, you know, you want to dicker a deal on it? Guess what? I'm not doing this because I want to. I'm doing it for honest money. Mm-hmm. Pulling my own money out of a trust fund is not honest money. Yeah. Right? That kind of leads me into, I guess, what is going on with the, you know, why we're here, why, you know, there's a welfare check that um, you, you, let, you let the troopers go in and immigration sure. search your house, and they see a man that's hanging from the ceiling. Who is that man? We, we chatted for a while. He described the things that he wanted. Uh, I did what I could to bring those things about and after we sat and made an agreement about what was going to happen we made the agreement and he was supposed to disappear be gone Um, he had tried to, on his own, commit suicide several times. Uh, and I handed him the, the knife that I put into the back of his spine so that he could handle it. I showed him, you know, that, that it was there. It's like, this is, this is what it is. And, and he looked at it. I mean, we, we laid together for a while. He asked me to. I did um, I'm sorry, I should do what? Just lay with him? Just, just, just lay with him. Just lay with him and hold him. Um, and, and finally, he says, you know what? I'm ready. Latowski then veers off into more confusing talk about the trust and how Interstate 69 is going to one day become a line of defense with chaos to the south of I-69 and non-chaos to the north. After listening to some of this, Sergeant Moore reins Latowski back in. Latowski confirms he met Kevin at the Family Dollar in Clayton Township. He said he laid out all the gear necessary for the fantasy they discussed. He doesn't say what that gear was, and Kevin willingly removed his clothes and put them in a bag. He then texted a friend and turned off his cell phone. When Kevin said he was ready, Latowski shut the van door, put the bag of clothes, the phone, and other personal items into Kevin's car and locked it. Kevin's father, Carl Bacon, after the court hearing during which the interrogation was played, that he doesn't believe his son would willingly leave his phone, car, and other possessions behind, and then be locked in the back of Latunsky's van. He believes Kevin was kidnapped, although that is not a charge the prosecutors thought they could prove. 
When they got back to Latunsky's house, Latunsky said Kevin was blindfolded while he role-played as multiple men to fulfill Kevin's fantasy. Later that night, Latunsky said they began discussing Kevin's other wish, that Latunsky kill him. He says, I'm ready. And I says, I says, well, I, I, I could slip I could your throat. Here's, I mean, here's the knife. I could do it that way. And I couldn't do it. I says, I don't know if that would be painless. Latunsky had a decorative sword upstairs. I, I was afraid I would hurt it. And he, you know, he says, just get the sword. And I, I, I'm, I'm not ready. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't run the risk of naming him and having him suffer. And after we debated it, I said, you know what? I think that given, given what we've got right here, if I just take the knife and put it through your spine, that that will do it. I, I was, you know, not really. And, and finally, he, he, he leaned over and he put his head on the side and he says, go ahead and do it. And I did. And he says, he says, I don't feel anything. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, yeah, done. And, you know, there, there was a, a fair amount of blood. And, you know, and it's like, you know, and, and he, he said a few more words. And he says, and, and he says, pain starting. And that was when I realized it wasn't enough. It was a matter of, of doing what I needed to do to, to complete what I told him I would do. Turn him into something that would produce life. After stabbing Kevin in the back of his neck, Latunsky cut his throat. As he bled on the raised wooden floor of this kill room, Latunsky tied ropes to Kevin's ankles and hoisted him towards the ceiling. With Kevin's body dangling over an open trap door in the floor that was filled with sand. I started to pull the sand out that, that was there to, to start to clean it up. But, you know, it was a matter of it takes a little bit of time to, you know, if, anything, if you've ever processed the deer. Sure. It, it, it wasn't the blood drain out. It's the same process. Michigan State Police Detective Sergeant Josh Dirksy commended Latunsky at times, which comes off as patronizing, although Latunsky doesn't seem to detect it. I stayed with them for quite a while. I mean, that was that, that was very important. And, and I said, you will not die alone. I said, I, I won't. You know what, to me, as an outsider looking in, that shows me the type of person. I, I, I said, I won't do that. I, oh, absolutely. I said, you're a man of your words. Regardless of what it is, I, I won't let you die alone. Yeah. And that's very stand up of you. I mean, yeah. I, well, not a lot of people would do that. It, it it wasn't it wasn't easy. And um, you know, like detectives then ask about the cannibalism. At what point, how long after that did you cut his testicles off and take those upstairs? That was um I mean it was before I went to bed. You ate his testicles after his balls. How did you do that? Did you cook them? Did you um where did you do that? I mean uh, on the kitchen stove. Um, like with the frying pan? It was, it was the griddle. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I eat Rocky Mountain oysters anyway. Sure. 
Um, I have a, a, a carton of them that I bought. Um, and so it's really very simple. You slice them thin, you saute them with some uh, Worcestershire sauce, and once they're, once they're done, you just eat them. What caused you to eat his testicles? Like what, 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 what was that about? Uh, it, it, that was, you know, it was the new moon. I normally do Rocky Mountain Oysters on either the new moon or the full moon. It wasn't until after I, I went upstairs and I looked out and I saw that it was the new moon that, that I looked at and I went, you know what? After killing and eating a portion of Kevin, Matonsky went to bed with his victim's blood still on his body. I, I had done what I needed to do, and I was, I was, I was, I could wash this off. Nope, I'm not going to. And at, at that point, you know, I, I went upstairs and I crawled into bed. Latonsky planned to eat more of Kevin's body had police not intervened. I just ordered a, um, a dehydrator so that I could uh, continue to process the way and, and, and do it, what he wanted me to do. So you, so, would have, you would have taken more of his body and put it in the dehydrator? Absolutely. Latunsky, multiple times throughout the interrogation, talked about how Kevin asked for his dead body to be turned into something that produced life. Following the killing, Latunsky said he dumped a bucket of sand soaked with Kevin's blood in a hole he dug for some hyacinth in the fall. Latunsky also talked about anonymously sending Kevin's family tulip bulbs to plant, along with a bag of bone meal fertilizer made from Kevin, as well as planting peach pits and chestnuts with Kevin's organs to help them grow. Did you tell anybody else yeah. about this I, other than us? I, I did, because part of my culture is, is that if you, if you have an honorable death, then you have to tell somebody before you pass three houses. The person Latowski chose to tell about his crime before he passed three houses was James Carlson, the man who had escaped his home on October 10, 2019 and called 911. While Carlson told police he met Latunsky on a whim at a Flint bus stop and woke up at Latunsky's basement, According to chat messages presented in court, they'd planned for Carlson to visit Michigan and stay at Latunsky's home, and they began conversing about cannibalism no later than July of 2019, initiated by Carlson, based on the chat logs. I will be your long pig if you want me, sir, Carlson said to Latunsky in one Facebook message. Long pig is a term given to men or women who are the, quote, food in the world of cannibal fetishes. Carlson sent various cannibalism-related images, including one of a naked man hung next to a pig from a pulley system, as a pig is being butchered with a saw. Another depicts a butchering diagram labeled Human Choice Cuts. Catherine Gates is the author of Deviant Desires, a tour of the erotic edge. She runs a website, kinkmap.com, and is a sex expert who's conducted first-person investigation to learn about various sexual kinks including cannibalism. Like any of these kinks, there's going to be a spectrum of people who are coming at it from their own idiosyncratic turn-on, you know? So so the can crowd is what they might call themselves, um, you know, ranges from people who just get off on pictures of naked ladies in giant stew pots 
you know, to people who want to fantasize about more brutal, visceral, bloody stuff. Well, there are people who want to be the meat, and they call themselves meat girls and meat boys. And then there are people who want to be, you know, the ones who do the cooking and eating. So there would be man eaters and woman eaters. And, you know, often in order to make the chat more exciting, people will try to make it feel realer by introducing realistic details to make it feel more exciting and so they can get more of a jolt and more arousal out of it. But, you know, the person who actually wants to do this stuff for real is somebody who's mentally ill. Prosecutors would later key in on messages sent by Latonsky that they believe showed he was devising a plan that was later used to kill Kevin. I would need to make sure my technique was perfect, pain-free, and bloodless before I did you, Latonsky told Carlson in a Facebook message sent on July 29, 2019. I know that if the pig is afraid, the meat is tough and the blood must be let to have meat that is tender. Carlson wrote that some people have a life going to be rich, but he wants to be, quote, fuel for a master chef. For me to disappear would be very easy, Carlson said. There is no problem with anyone disappearing, Latunsky replied. On October 8, 2019, Carlson texted Latunsky an image of a man strapped to a spit, such as would be used to roast a pig. Latunsky responded with a Greek word that means pig or swine. Well, I think the appeal of the cannibal thing, they're Obviously, again, the appeal is going to be very different from the meat to the meat eater. You know, for the meat, the excitement is in being the center of attention, the object of desire, of submitting to something, to being of service. And these are erotic themes that you will find in dominance and submission fantasies all over the place. You know, it's just a very particular flavor of BDSM, I would say. But I always try to tell people who were kind of looking at kink and saying, geez, this stuff is really weird, <laughs> is that, you know, there are people out there who take this stuff so far, too far, that they were crazy to start off with. It's not the kink that makes you do crazy stuff. <laughs> it's just that they were crazy and they got into something and they didn't know boundaries, and they didn't understand limits, and they didn't understand consent. Same people know about boundaries, limits, and consent. Anyone who would consent to be eaten is not in their right mind. And anyone who would eat somebody is not in their right mind. I'm on a bus to Flint now, Carlson said to Latunsky, whom he often refers to as Master Chef, on October 9th. Following the October 10th, 2019 incident, during which Carlson called 911, he returned to Latunsky's home a second time, prosecutors said. Latunsky then paid for a plane ticket so Carlson could visit his mother in Hawaii. There were no messages between the two until October 22nd, when Carlson said, I want to see pics of your new playroom. Latunsky, over the next several weeks, talks to Carlson about upgrades he's made to his room, including installing his own electric with caged tamper-resistant lighting, a four-inch-thick insulated door, and a sliding barn door that hid the entrance to the kill room. Thank you, Master Chef, sir. Wow, what a good butcher, sir. And just call me food, were some of Carlson's responses. Carlson seems more focused on the cannibalism fetish, while Latutsky spends more time boasting about his handiwork, at one point asking, Can you imagine the walls done with cultured cobblestone? Latutsky was living with his husband, Jamie Arnold, until September 2019, at which time Arnold moved out of the house. 
Lutonsky explained during his interrogation. When a bunch of stuff started happening that made the living conditions there not very good, the water was flowing arsenic. I said, you can't drink the water. We took the water to a doctor. The doctor says, don't even bathe in it. He says, I have to go to work. I have to bathe in this stuff. And so when he started to get sick, I helped him get an apartment of his own. I asked Detective Sergeant James Moore what Jamie Arnold knew, if anything, about the room that Lutonsky was building. He indicated that his relationship with Mark wasn't what he wanted anymore. Mark was going in a direction that Jamie wasn't comfortable with, and he simply left Mark's house and had been living in his own residence. Jamie mentioned he had gone to Mark's house um, at a point in time uh, before Kevin was ever there, and he did observe the room and simply shut the door to the room and left. So I know Jamie saw at least part of it, whether it was when it was being built or when it was finished, I, I don't know. Jamie Arnold did not respond to MLive request to be interviewed for this podcast. Jamie Arnold and Latowski were officially divorced on August 2nd, 2021. While Gates studied cannibalism as a fetish, neuroscientist Marlies Uslan studied cannibalism as reality, looking at 121 cannibals and their nearly 600 victims, not all who were eaten, since 1900. The study she worked on with researcher and neuroscientist Michael Brecht, named Kin Avoidance and Cannibalistic Homicide, looked specifically at whether cannibals avoid eating their own relatives, which it turns out they usually do. We concluded that um, cannibalistic offenders were mostly men, whereas that's much more so than conventional homicides. Uh, the victims were sort of evenly split between men and women, whereas for conventional homicides, it's much more men. So overall, there were the offenders were more older men, their victims were younger and quite often female compared to conventional homicides. A lot of cannibalistic homicides were sexual in nature, either before or after the killing. Uh, we find sex or rape involvement in quite a lot of cannibalistic homicides. Quite a lot uh, say they didn't necessarily want to kill, but they have this dream of eating the meat of their victim, another way to eat the meat of the victim usually is, is, to, kill, is to kill the victim. What I partly found interesting is uh, when they describe what the meat tasted like. Sometimes they really prepare a special meal with it. They, they get the special wine to accompany the meat from the victim. And then they, they have this fancy dinner for themselves. And, and they compare it to all kinds of, of meat. And, and um, they also sometimes they fed it to, for instance, neighbors who were completely unaware where this meat was coming from. I still get goosebumps talking about this. And it was very difficult to read about all of this at, 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 at times, and especially if you read about like a very young victim and, and you read the court case and all the details, and I just have to think about my poor niece, for instance, and it, it's just like these are real, it's, it's an interesting topic, but these are real people who have been, who have been killed and who have been cannibalized, and, and it's, it's a horrible topic. Dr. Oostland has since concluded her cannibal studies and works on observing how rats neurologically respond to being tickled. By November 21st, 2019, Carlson asked Latunsky for money, and Latunsky goes silent for eight days. During this time frame is when the second basement escape 911 call was placed by the man named Adam. On November 29th, Latunsky finally responds and indicates he's having his own money troubles. I have nothing to help you with. 
I will be homeless and without any ability to handle any currency, Latunsky says. On December 18, 2019, Latunsky sent Carlson a cryptic message that said, There is much that I cannot tell you here. I am building your room and making it better than you ever imagined possible. There is one huge difference between the Christians who wrote all the roles of this country and myself. They do abhorrent things in secret and lie about them while pretending to be honest and upright. I fucked a cum-dump pig and suspended him from the ceiling by his balls and bragged about it to those who were called in to help him steal from me. I need the right to hold you in your room and do with you what must be done. At this time, messages indicate Carlson was in Hawaii, but at some point planned to return and possibly live in Latunsky's basement, where he fantasizes a small pig farm run by Latunsky. On December 20th, 2019, Latunsky sent Carlson a picture of the room where he would soon kill Kevin and wrote, Getting Organized. In another message, he said, I am biologically incompatible with some humans. Does that make me another species? Three days later, after Latunsky struck up his conversation with Kevin on Grinder, he sent a copy of all those messages to Carlson. And on Christmas morning at 2.15 a.m., Latunsky sent Carlson a message admitting his crime. I killed Kevin Bacon he said. Kevin Bacon is my heroes, followed by a photo of food cooking in an iron skillet with the words, it's a new moon and I'm having my favorite, Rocky Mountain oysters with bacon flavor, sautéed in Lee Perens. Prosecutors said heroes is a cannibalism term used to describe the person being eaten. If Carlson really believed Latunsky killed and cooked Kevin, he didn't give it much acknowledgement. I hope you enjoy them, he says of the food. Can I see more pics of my room? To what degree Carlson's fascination with the cannibalism fetish motivated Latunsky is unclear. Carlson was questioned by police, but there's no indication he was ever suspected of a crime, and he was never charged with a crime. I asked Shiawassee County Prosecutor Scott Kerner, Do you think Latunsky was doing any of this or creating that room on behalf of Carlson? I can only comment on what I could prove in the court of law, so that's, that wasn't part of the trial. So Latunsky's attorney, Mary Chartier, said in her closing remarks at Latunsky's degree hearing, The room was built for Mr. Carlson. That's evident from text messages between Mr. Carlson and Mr. Latunsky. The topic also came up in my own conversations with MLive reporter Joey Oliver, who covered most of the court hearings related to Mark Latunsky. Just in that one hearing that we were at, which is stuff that I wasn't really privy to before, was it, it sounds like he was making this for Carlson. Right. And, and Carlson was one of the guys who ran off, but it sounds like that he was really uh, into this whole thing right. to a certain degree. I mean, I'd have to say he's culpable, but, like, does this happen without him and Latunsky having this relationship? I attempted multiple times to contact Carlson for this podcast, including calling a number for him that appeared in police records. A man answered, but promptly hung up. After Latunsky's arrest, the back and forth between Carlson and Latunsky naturally ended, and in June of 2020, Carlson filed a since-dismissed federal civil lawsuit against Latunsky, claiming gross negligence, assault, battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and false imprisonment. Carlson, in his lawsuit, said he came to Michigan for consensual BDSM sex with Latunsky. Instead, he ended up being held captive, chained down in Latunsky's basement. Unlike Kevin, Carlson survived.
people that with mental health illness obviously need treatment, but they still know right from wrong. That doesn't mean they're going to go kill someone. I believe that we showed that he did know right from wrong and that he, pre he premeditated this and he killed Kevin Bacon. That's next time on part three of this four-part Michigan Crime Stories series. Until then, you can find the latest news from across Michigan at MLive.com. If you value the work of journalists like Gus, consider becoming an MLive subscriber. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to Michigan Crime Stories wherever you find podcasts to be informed when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening.